2: It is great to be talking Blues hockey at the end of May. We all watched Game 1. We know what happened there. The Blues came out pretty fast. But they kind of went into what I would call a little bit of a shutdown mode. Boston got a little bit of life. Tied it up at 2-2. Two two. They went on to win 4-2. And the two keys in my mind in Game 1 were the third goal was a bad goal given up by Bennington and then huge defensive letdowns for some of the other goals. Bennington did not have a bad game. I wouldn't say he had a great game, but he was pretty dang solid in the net. Now, I got a lot of comments after my last podcast that I hated Bennington because I dare say that he let in a bad goal. Come on, guys. The guy is not perfect. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it to where... He lets in a goal, and it's always the defensive fault. You also can't have it to where he makes a save, and it's all on him. That's not the way it happens all the time. There's times a goalie will make a save, and it's a very good save. But that save is also easier to make because of the positioning of your defense, because they allow you to see the puck, because a guy is on that guy when he takes a shot and doesn't get his best shot off. You cannot always say Bennington made a great save and the defense hung him out to dry. Just as you can't say the defense always hangs Bennington out to dry and none of the goals are his fault. That's not the way the NHL works. Bennington is a great goaltender and is going to get some consideration for the Calder Trophy. I know Blues fans hate it when I tell you that he's going to finish second, but he is. Elias Pettersson is going to win the Calder Trophy. Getting away from that, let's go ahead and get into game two. It was a back-and-forth game, and we all know how important power plays are for teams. The Blues gave Boston a power play opportunity after a very evenly played first period, right around the 15-minute mark or so. Boston takes advantage of it, and Charlie Coyle gets the Bruins on the board when he puts this one past Jordan Bennington.
1: And then back down comes Posternak. Posternak fed it on a cross. Jake DeBrusque able to wheel
0: in, cut it up for He scores! Charlie Coyle. St. Louis doesn't get a deep quick counter. Charlie Coyle unmolested through the slot, through the wickets. What a pass by DeBrusque and a one-time finish from the strong side. One nothing Boston. The Bruins are going for a change. It's two against four, and Posternak gets it to DeBrusque, and Charlie Coyle comes right down Main Street. No hesitation at all. Right off the heel of the stick of Bennington. I would say that is a soft goal. You've got to get a stop.
2: You know, I do agree somewhat with the announcers. I'm sure Jordan Bennington makes that save probably nine times out of ten. Charlie Coyle was wide open. He is a very good goal scorer in this league. Bennington got a piece of it, and it just slid through, and it's just one of those things. Charlie Coyle gets the Bruins on the board with the seventh goal of the playoffs. Dabruss gets his fifth assist. Pasternak gets his ninth assist power play goal. Four minutes, 44 seconds in. The Bruins are up one to nothing. I think a lot of us could tell just from this first period in the atmosphere, this was going to be a very fun game. It was going to be a back and forth game. And it was going to take 60 minutes, if not longer, to settle this game. The Blues wouldn't wait too long to tie this one up. Just a little under five minutes later, Robert Bortuzzo puts a puck towards the net, and it's not a puck that you would think would score, and we're tied at one apiece. Hands
0: back over to Gunnarsson. Gunnarsson off the boards with a pass attempt, fed across there by Bozak. Then Bortuzzo, score! And the game is tied! What a shift for Pat Maroon. I mean, this was an extended shift. Defenseman pressing it. Getting pucks to the net. Bertuzzo throws his puck, Rask down, maybe off of Grislik in front. It changes direction, maybe even Maroon, but the hard working shift and off the knee of Grizzlick in front changes direction. It beats Tuka Rass to the short side, but what a shift by Pat Maroon. He started that shift playing with Shen and Schwartz because Tarasenko came off. and what a goal by Bertuzzo.
2: Gunnarsson makes a smart play. People are tied up up front. He gets it close to Bozak. If Bozak could have gotten to it, he could have. But it comes off the boards. Great idea. Bozak gets it over to Bortuzo. Bortuzo takes the shot, like I said, that you just didn't think was going to score. And it did. And now we are tied at one each. A fun, fun game to watch. That goal by Bortuzo would be his second of the playoffs. Bozak, with that great pass, gets his sixth assist. Gunnarsson, with that off-the-board pass, gets his first assist. Nine minutes, 37 seconds in. But sadly, guys, we've seen it a lot throughout the season. Not as much towards the end of the season. We've seen it a couple times throughout the playoffs. The Blues tie it up or take a lead. And the other team just storms right back and takes that momentum away. That's what Boston would do. Just about 40 seconds later, Nordstrom gets his third goal of the playoffs. And Boston is very quickly up 2-1. to one. Hey,
1: to Perron, dropped one off the boards, and it's reversed around behind, but getting to that quickly, and
0: feeding in front is Achari, making it, score! Nordstrom! And it's 2-1! David Perron turns the puck over. Nordstrom's the guy that keeps it alive, good stick by Achari, forecheck by Corrali, break down the and the patience of Joakim Nordstrom. Forehand, backhand, right between the legs of Jordan Bennington. Off the right skate to the stick. The wickets are opened up and it's 2 1 Boston. Great four check play and the depth guys
2: come through again. Ron had a great opportunity to get the puck out of the zone. He didn't. The puck fumbled around his stick. It went to Achari. It goes right in front to Nordstrom and Nordstrom beats Bennington. And Boston has that one goal lead back at 2-1. to one. That goal by Nordstrom is be his third of the playoffs. Corrali gets his fifth assist. 10 minutes, 17 seconds in. It's a fun game. I know the Blues fans, some of them at least, were a little bit nervous. Uh, some of the positive ones, of course, are going to tell you they were never nervous the Blues were going to win this game. Well, just about four minutes later, a little over four minutes later, the Blues would be putting some pressure on Tuukka Rask. And Vladimir Tarasenko would get his 10th goal of the playoffs to tie this one up at two each going out of the first period.
1: ...play the point, but it came right ahead for Tarasenko. And ahead now to Schwartz who moves in.
0: Good puck moving by the St. Louis Blues. We've talked about it. Good race ensues. Tarasenko moving to Schwartz. He'll stress. Zanino Chara, good shot on goal. to stop the first one, but he can't stop the backhand by Tarasenko. Tarasenko never quit on this play. Eventually just stays with it and roofs the backhand up and over. This is a two-on-two. He comes over. Now, all of a sudden, it becomes a two-on-one. Beautiful backhand pass. Schwartz with the shot. Second chance opportunity. First one was stopped by Chara, and then he stays with that second opportunity. Once Marshant went at Tarasenko, he's either got to get the puck or the man. He got neither.
2: A nice initial breakout with Schwartz and Tarasenko. Schwartz does the right thing and takes that shot. It gets saved. Tarasenko's there for the rebound. He whacks at it. Chara stops it, but he's not going to stop Tarasenko on that beautiful backhand. He puts it past Tuka Rask, and we're tied at two each. That goal by Tarasenko, as I said, was his 10th of the playoffs. Schwartz gets his sixth assist, 14 minutes, 55 seconds into the first. That's how the first period would end. The Blues would outshoot Boston by just a minimal amount, 10 to 8 in that first period. The second and third periods came around. Both teams had some very good opportunities. The Blues outshot Boston 14-6. Tukarask had to come up big on several shots. Bennington came up big on several on his own. Third period comes around. Nine shots apiece. Nobody's able to score. And it's all because of the great goaltending by these two top-tier goalies.
0: ...docked defensively by Bortuzzo. Great recovery after the turnover. Around behind it's coil, fed one around
1: in front. back by Heinan is fought off and then covered by Binnington. Hunted down by Bozak, but this one is off of Nordstrom and yanked on back. It's an onside play, and looking and playing it to Maroon. Oh,
0: and a great save made by Rask on Maroon, who hit him dead to right. Good on Kruger, good effort by him. Right
1: back Heinen, able to feed it back with a shot and a save by and he holds on with 50 seconds
2: to go. What a nail biter, especially there at the end with around 50-51 seconds left. Bennington makes that great save. Had to be the save of the game, wasn't the toughest of the game, but it still was a pretty damn good save. Heading into overtime, each team's fans were thinking we've got this, but there's also a section of the fans on each team. That are biting their nails. They're doing their little rituals. They've got the little rabbits' feet out there hoping something happens. They're hoping one of their big time players comes through, gets the goal. And either the Blues are going to tie this one up at one game apiece or Boston's going to head back to St. Louis with a two nothing lead. Just a little under four minutes in, the game would be decided and it would be decided in favor of the Blues on a goal by Gunnarson.
1: Came back along to Gunnarsson once more. They've got Sunquist set up at the opposite circle. Across to Gunnarsson, and he scores. The Blues win it in overtime and have even the series.
0: He scores. Boom, boom, Gunnarsson! Bring out the Zamboni. The Blues win Game Two. What an overtime for the St. Louis Blues. They dominated, and Carl Gunnarsson, on a delayed penalty call, has given St. Louis a 3-2 win and a 1-1 tie in the Stanley Cup Final.
2: Just some awesome puck movement by the Blues in the offensive zone. That is the key to this goal. The Blues had a great game when it came to puck movement, moving their legs, being at the right position at the right time, and that's what led to this goal. Gunnarsson was not afraid to take the shot. He put it on net. It went past Tuukka Rask and the Blues tie the series up at one game each. That goal, of course, by Carl Boom Boom Gunnarsson was his first of the playoffs. O'Reilly gets his 12th assist. Sunquist gets his 5th assist. 3 minutes 51 seconds into OT. We're heading back to the STL to see what the Blues can do in their two home games. Hopefully something very special. Now it's time to head to the stats of the game. Shots on goal. 37 for the Blues, 23 for the Bruins. Face-off battle, both teams I thought did pretty well on it, 50% to 50%. The Blues were 0 for 3 on the power play. The Bruins were 1 for 5. The Blues out-hit the Bruins 50 to 31, and they continue to be physical. The Bruins outblocked the Blues 19 to 13. Giveaways, the Blues had 17 to the Bruins' 9. Let's head to the post-game interviews where we're going to talk to Blues head coach Craig Berube, who I'm sure after this series is over, whether the Blues win or lose, is going to be named the Blues new head coach. That interim tag will be gone. I imagine it's probably going to be somewhere between a three- and four-year contract. After that, we're going to hear from Gunnarsson, O'Reilly, and Bennington. On Game Two of the Stanley Cup Finals, we heard you ran into Gunnarsson in the restroom before overtime. He said, "I just need one more." What's your version of that story? And two, why were <laughs> you better tonight?
3: Yeah, well, he's just, he just—he hit the post there in the third period, Gunny. Um, he just said, you "No, know, it was nothing much." He just said he needed one more shot. We were just joking around a little bit, you know. But he—he you know, he played a hell of a game, Gunny. Um, made a great shot. Well, all around, like you know, the first period in the first game, we were, we played our game for the most most part, but tonight we played it for sixty minutes. I thought that um, pus- pus- puck possession in the offensive zone was uh, huge. That 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 was led from our forecheck. Um, Making good plays with the puck and be able to get it in and get it back and then possess uh, offensive zone time.
4: Front left.
1: Craig, was it? You know, guys always talk about playing that north-south game. Is that really what fueled the forecheck and and allowed you to have that kind of offensive zone? Yeah, well,
3: uh, that's our game, Um, and you know, that's when we're at our best. Um, We have to get pucks in deep and. You don't there's no room to make much plays anyhow they're a very good defensive hockey team they reload well they got gaps and you know it's not there's not a lot of room so we need to put pucks in deep and go get them and we did that
4: right side Jeremy Craig people are going to use the word resilience again you know it's the umpteenth time we've seen it do you ever allow yourself to be impressed
2: by their resilience are you ever surprised by it
3: well I mean I think that for a long time now this team has really become a really good hockey team and a tight hockey team they play for each other um, night in and night out and they care Um, we've always responded to uh, not a very good game so you know going into game two I knew that we'd we'd be we'd be a hard team to play against tonight and we were
1: left side third row Craig can you describe uh, what you saw out of your goalie Jordan Bennington tonight
3: yeah he was fine I mean um, they had to make some big saves at big times like always
1: Left side, second row. Uh, After Coyle's goal, you largely frustrated the Bruins' power play. How were you able to accomplish that?
3: I think, you know, win some draws and get it down and then really do a good job with our gaps on their entries from their breakouts. I thought that we were really good there. We were tight. We forced them to turn pucks over in that area and got it down the ice. So that's really important because when they get – ozone time on their power play they're very dangerous for sure so I thought that you know our gaps and and things like that and holding our blue line and breaking plays up was huge
4: left side second row
0: Craig definitely physicality a big part of this series so far Uh, do you sense a, a rivalry developing especially even with what's at stake and and is that a good thing
3: is that a good thing yeah well, for the final. you're going to have a rivalry no matter what who you play in the playoffs. You know, that's just automatic. It just happens. But uh, we're a physical hockey team. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we're going to play physical.
2: Front right. Craig, uh,
1: you guys control the puck for almost all of the overtime. Uh, what was said or what was the mindset of the team in the, in the break between the third period?
3: Well, nothing were? much th- different than, you know, between periods. I thought that our third period was really good. And, you know, we didn't really need to change a whole lot. Um Again, it just boils down to doing a good job managing the puck through the neutral zone, getting it in deep and and skating and getting on the forecheck and, you know, good sticks but body contact and getting the puck back. And then, we we, you know, we do a good job in the offensive zone of uh, possessing the puck, moving for each other, supporting the puck and, you know, We use our D a lot, and they did a good job tonight, our D. I thought they did an excellent job of not getting shots blocked. They did a good job of shooting pucks by people, um, and that allowed us to have more puck possession. It's not always on net, but just shooting pucks by people.
4: We'll do three more questions, back left.
5: Craig, how have you been able to neutralize uh, their top line uh, as well as you have so far?
3: It you know I don't know if we neutral like they're gonna get they get opportunities that's a great line we all know that I mean I think Boehm Eastern Perinko are out there ninety percent of the time against them they've done a great job, we've used different lines against them whether it's Sunquist line Shens line you know O'Reilly at times they're out there against them, I think everybody's just aware when they're out there you got to be. On the right side of things, and and do a good job, and that that sort of thing. Like that's a dangerous line, so you gotta you gotta make sure you're on the right side of things, managing the puck well, uh, making them play on their own end. Greg
5: uh, Gunnarson had never scored a playoff goal before that one. Uh, did you believe him when he told you he only need one more chance?
3: <laughs> I liked hearing it. <laughs> you know, he hit the post. I mean, it. I you know, they just these guys they. It was, you know, they, uh, he had a hell of a game, I thought, Gunny. And um, I'm really happy for him that uh, he ended up getting that game winner. You know, he hit the post in the third there. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he felt good about himself, obviously, which he should have. We'll do one more question, right side, fifth row. Coach, it was
1: Bortuzo with the big goal in game two against the Sharks. Gunnarsson tonight with the big goal. Does that just go to show how anybody can step up for this team?
3: Anybody can step up for sure. We use everybody. Everybody's, um, you know, counted on for sure. Our defenses have done a great job all year and in the playoffs of producing offensively for us goals, you know, getting points, doing real good, real good stuff. Um, you know, from offensively in the offensive zone, we use our D so much that uh, they're getting a lot of looks. All right? Thanks, Thank you,
1: Carl, the uh, word is that uh, after the third period, before the overtime, you, you told the coach that you needed uh, another chance, give him another chance. Is that, can you shed any light on that?
4: Yeah, just uh, you know, I was close in the third, hit the post there, and uh, we had a little talk in the locker room after uh, in, in between periods there before the OT. And uh, yeah, I just told him I needed one more. Left side, fourth row, Tom. Carl, um,
1: the shot where you hit the post did you think that was in when, when you got it past this glove there? Was that as hard as you can hit a
4: shot, at it, really? As hard as I can hit it, yeah, I think so. Uh, <clears throat> I know I got it past him, but then I uh, you know, saw it sitting in the crease there, too. I, I was hoping for someone to poke it in, but you know, it didn't happen. But uh, uh, obviously, very lucky to get it in there in the, in the OT. Left side, second row.
1: Hey, Carl, can you just describe the magic of tonight and, and what it means to you to be a part of this team?
4: Uh, I, I mean we just first game we weren't happy today we came out you know flying. and I think we played a great game for 60 plus minutes um, and you know that's just that's just the team we are. We come back like that we never give up and uh, yeah just for me to put it in there and, and get the, get the winner it's just yeah, it's a great feeling. Right side Jordan, Jordan, you've been so impressive in these playoffs after losses. What is it about kind of your psyche to able to reset that, that you're able to play well after losing a game?
5: Uh, you know, life of a goaltender. Just keep moving forward and, and uh, regroup and um, just try and be there and give your team a chance to win. And I just uh, keep that mindset.
4: Front left.
1: Jordan, kind of along those same lines, you give up a couple early there in the first period. Just typically you reset and just go back at the game there and nothing you can do about them, right?
5: Yeah, uh, obviously the boys responded quickly and uh, that's huge. And I just tried to be there and when the the boys needed me and give the team a chance to win. and. Uh, it was a hard fought game and, and the boys played a you know, a great game and disciplined game and played as a team for sixty minutes, so well more than sixty minutes I guess, but um I think we deserve that one tonight and uh and we're happy to go home one
4: one.
2: Front right. Ryan, knowing what Carl's gone gone through this season with the injuries and everything, you'd have been happy with anyone getting this goal, but for him to get this goal, what what is how's that
5: what does that do for the team? Um yeah, obviously it's a big spark, it's a massive goal and you know obviously he's a big piece of this team. You know, he played an unbelievable game and uh, to see that puck go in and see the celebration from him was, uh, you know, I think it's inspiring us, to us for us all. It's uh, incredible play by a incredible player.
4: Front left, Ryan. Ryan, did you Ryan? Did you feel you had the fresher legs at the start of the overtime? Just,
5: yeah. I thought uh, you know as the game went on, um, you know we progressed. I thought we got better, and um, you know obviously with them having five D, we kind of worked them and kind of broke them down. So I thought. Um, you know, gave us an advantage that we came out and, you know, we had a bit more gas. And um, as you see, I thought we, you know, we outplayed them in that overtime and obviously led to a big goal.
4: Front right, Jeremy. Carl, 0-13 in Stanley Cup final games. What's it feel like to be the team that delivers the franchise its first ever Stanley Cup final win? Yeah, I guess that's, uh, you know, a little bonus. That's pretty cool <clears throat> if you think about it that way. And, you know, we're uh, pretty sure we're not going to stop here.
2: Third row. Here. Carl, just uh, the biggest goal of your life, would you say it is?
4: Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I don't score too many. But um, yeah, that was nothing comes even close. So it's pretty good feeling right now. Back right.
0: This is for Ryan or Carl. What have you guys been able to do to slow down the Berger Online? They're minus seven in the series.
5: Um, you know, I think we, uh, you know, as a group, when we track hard, I think it you know helps our d have good gaps and we can keep them to the outside. you know obviously they're you know dynamic line they've got some great firepower, and we're just trying to make it as difficult as we can on these guys, um, you know not give them momentum and it's just being smart being disciplined with the puck at the right times um, but again, yeah, we've got a lot of work, work left, and we have to be ready for their adjustments
4: we'll do a few more back left
5: um, Ryan, how important is it for you guys to continue to exploit the physical advantage that you have in this series, particularly you know, on the four forecheck. Um, yeah, it was a big part of our game tonight. Uh, you know, I think that's that's our identity. You know, uh, you know, as forwards, we want to put it in and, and be physical on them and and frustrate it in, in some other teams. And when we do that, yeah, we you can see it, it wears teams down and, and makes it difficult on them. And it uh, provides momentum for us. You know, we have four lines that can do that. And yeah, big reason why we uh, we won tonight.
2: Left side standing up. Carl, in the words of Oscar Sundquist, your conversation with Craig happened, quote, at the pisser. Could you just kind of clarify for us before this goes into Stanley Cup lore of where and kind of paint the picture for us?
4: Yeah, uh, yeah I, can't, I can't deny that. That's, that's, where, uh, <laughs> that's where it happened. <laughs> uh, so that makes it even more fun, I guess. Uh, it's a good story. Front left. For all you guys, really,
1: they've sold out two watch parties in St. Louis now. Can you guys just imagine what it's going to be like to go back home to that crowd and, and just the anticipation of going home and, and
5: playing in front of them?
4: Um, I'll go ahead here.
5: Yeah, it's a, it's a great sports fan base and uh, great sports city. So uh, they deserve it. And um, we're happy to, to play for them. And we're having fun doing it playing together. And um, we're happy to you know,
4: go home and perform in front of them with them on our side.
2: After game one. A lot of Bruins fans were saying, sweep, this is going to be easy, the Blues are going to fold. And I'm not quite sure why they thought that. If they watched game one, the fans that is, they could see that this team was still trying to come back and win, even when they were down. This is a type of team that bounces back quickly. And that started right around the time that Jordan Bennington was called up and played in his first game in Philadelphia. And got that huge shutout. A lot of people like to say Jake Allen is terrible. He's not a good goalie. That's not it. Jake Allen has proven in the past that he can win. Has had some great playoff runs. That year when the Blues played Minnesota. And then they lost to Nashville who eventually went on to the Stanley Cup Finals. If it wasn't for Jake Allen, the Blues would not have gotten past the first round. Here's the difference between Jake Allen and Jordan Bennington. In my mind, at least. You may think I'm wrong. You may think, hey, Lance, you're right. Jordan Bennington has played as a professional for years. He's in his mid-20s. He's had to put up with a lot. He wasn't even on the Blues top two goalie chart and even top three. When he came along, he had this confidence. He's just like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to give it my best shot. I know I deserve to be here. I'm going to show the team that they're wrong. That's exactly what he's done. And unlike Jake Allen, you could kind of watch Jake be hot. I mean, he could be hotter than hell. He could play great for three, four, five games, look like a world beater. He really could. And he probably still can. But then he has that bad game. Or he gives up that bad goal. And it's downhill from there for either the rest of that game or even several games after that. You don't see that from Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington, I guess you could say, has got nerves of steel, And people say he doesn't get nervous at all. I'm going to tell you right now. You're a rookie goaltender. You're in the Stanley Cup Finals. There are going to be some type of nerves. It's just it doesn't get to him. He doesn't let it get to him. And if he let in a bad goal like he did in Game One, oh well, no big deal. I'll bounce back for the rest of the game. And after they lost Game 1, ah, no big deal. We'll just move on from there. And I think a lot of times Jake took it just too hard. And I'm not saying Jordan Bennington doesn't take a loss hard. I just think that Jake's just wound a little different. And just one of those guys that if he lets in a bad goal, it gets to him. And it just doesn't with Jordan Bennington. That's not a knock on Jake at all. That's just the facts. So Bennington was key in this game. The Blues puck movement was key in this game, as Craig Barube said. These guys moved the puck very well in this game. When Boston had an opportunity, not too many of them came to fruition to where they really had great opportunities. Yeah, they scored the two goals, but for the most part, the Blues were on them all night long. Another thing I want to talk about was the Sunquist hit. A lot of people are saying that Sunquist should be suspended for a game. He deserves it. It was a straight head hit, it was intentional. If you watch it 50 times and you come out of that looking at that thinking he intentionally went for the head or an intent to injure, you need to get your eyes checked. If the NHL suspends Oscar Sundquist for that hit, they better suspend every Bruins player for hits during the first two games and even some of the Blues players for some of the hits. You cannot suspend a guy for that hit because then you open everything up to where Every hit's a suspendable hit. And I'm sorry, Boston fans, it wasn't. Later on today, we should hear something. If he does get suspended, I'm going to be just livid over it. But the Blues have enough depth to where they can overcome this. This is going to be a back and forth series, guys. You know, a lot of people were saying Boston in four, Boston in five, the Blues in six, the Blues in five. This could go six games. It really could. But I think, in all honesty, it's going to be a back-and-forth series, and it's going to go seven games. Could we see a seventh game with an overtime? Wouldn't that be fun? Could we see a seventh game that comes down to the end of the third period and one team scores? That would be fun. But I think this is going to be a seven-game series after watching both of these teams in the first two games. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of the drop podcast until next time let's go blues thank you for joining us for this episode of the drop podcast to get more of the drop check out our website at droppodcast.com you can also find us on google play itunes and the iHeartRadio app you can follow us on instagram at the.drop.podcast or on twitter at drop hockey show you can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at Lance d at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go Blues!
0: This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.